You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Peasley. So. We're back! We're back, bitches! Oh man, it's been crazy. Um, It's been over a month. Oh god. And we are so sorry. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's, y'all know. Yeah, we're all going through it right now. Yeah. We're all going back to work and then our schedules were changing constantly and... Yeah, and work's been... um. We're not going to talk about work. I don't want something. We don't want to talk about that because, you know, it's not fun. We like to talk about fun things. Yeah. And And, um, speaking. hmm? Oh, I was about to transition Um, in the same thing you were going to. Yeah. Speaking about something else that is not fun to talk about. um, We have uh, released a statement on our Twitter. It Uh, pretty much goes over all of our thoughts. Yeah. Because this podcast platform even though it's not live, um, you know, and there is an element of post-production, it's still kind of in a lot of ways restricted to just being a conversation between the three of us here. Um, and versus on Twitter. Versus on Twitter, because this is not an, an issue that any of us have real lived experience with. So I think it's best to keep it with a community. Exactly. On on a platform where, where everybody from the get can contribute. Um, um and also it it sucks to talk about because it is a you know, it's a very sad thing that has happened and has been happening. Um and you know, I would just sit here for however long and, you know, not make any salient points and just talk about how upsetting it is. So but- that post is also not just like a statement. There's also resources you can check out um, if you want to uh, contribute. Right, right, right. Uh, and, and helpful tips and stuff like that. So uh, go check that out. On that note, because, or well, I guess moving past that note, yeah. because again, this is not the, the forum for that. Mm-hmm. And also it does, it is an escape for both those it affects and those it does not affect. Yeah, exactly. Because burnout, I mean, burnout Burnout's for anybody real. is very real. Um, we actually do want to talk about something fun and exciting in our community real yeah. quick. Um, our longtime fan and friend and just overall amazing person. Anthony. Congratulations, Anthony. We all Yay. have to congratulate you. You had your baby girl Today of the recording? Yeah, as, yes. as we are recording this, it is yesterday. 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 Because we, right. we mentioned night that many shift. times we we're yeah, night people. We're, yeah, this is, this is the middle of the night on technically tomorrow. But. but we saw the stuff today, and congratulations. She is beautiful. The world has a new nerd, everyone. Yes. Welcome to the world, baby Charlotte. Yes. Welcome to the world of... of 
Nerdery. Nerdery. She I, is going to be our official youngest fan. I mean, unless she yeah. doesn't like I'm, us. I'm claiming that now. She's claiming. He, it's been claimed. It has oh, been claimed. Okay, okay. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if... if, she's, if I mean, she's allowed to have her own, own opinions and, like, interests, yeah. but when she's older, she can make this decision. I mean, I don't know. I think that that, that under, I think she's a little young to listen to us right now. She might be. We do say a lot of curse words. <laughs> This is true. So We're sorry, Anthony. Yeah. Charlotte, stop <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> Turn this off right now. Go find your father. <laughs> or your mother. <laughs> Either one. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations. Yay. Yay. It's it's so it's so nice to have a bright spot of of happiness. It really it is, because I mean it's we been, need it. And we're so happy for Anthony. Yeah, everyone everyone needs it. It's been a it's been a few months. <laughs> it's been a few months, guys. But on that note, Lewin, Hello. you have done research this week. Yes. Uh, I want to emphasize this week, not the this month. <laughs> this is not something I've been like doing for, for a month. So because because I, you know, try to keep it like as normal as possible. Like I could have taken a month to buckle down and do Elves Part 2. But why would I do that? You should have done that. Well, okay. What did you bring us instead? <laughs> um, I brought us something that was a fan suggestion. Um, we received an email from Angus Kirk. Thank you very much, Angus. I love uh, your name. It's beautiful. Yes. And Angus suggested that we do an episode on the Sahuagin, which is... I'm sorry, what now? The the what? The Sahuagin. Sahuagin? Yes. Is she even speaking English anymore? Probably not. No. But okay. What is it? Um, the so that also that word is really hard to say. Yeah. I had actually been saying it to myself because I saw a pronunciation in one of these books, you know, that like breaks it down for you by syllable. And I have discovered that it is a very hard word for me to say. It kind of yeah, it's like the mouthfeel is not spectacular, but um, so not only did Angus suggested or suggest this, pardon, uh, but also pointed out a source book that is entirely to do with the Sahuagin. That's uh, cool. Yeah, Damn. and it's it's this book is insane. This is probably one of my favorite individual pieces of. Well, I say individual pieces, um, but you know, like one of my favorite source books. That, that I have found in, in doing this, which basically, if you tell me what book to look in, you've done 90% of the research for me. So thank you, <laughs> Angus. The, this episode brought to you by Angus Kirk. <laughs> not, not me. This is not my episode. But um, yeah. So. If, we, if we ever made, if we, if we make a net profit on this episode, proceeds go to you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put like Angus Kirk as like a producer <laughs> in this episode. Oh, so uh, a lot of this episode is going to be from that source book. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, yeah. did, they do exist before and after that. So the Sahuagin. Sahuagin. I have to prepare myself every time I say it. Like, once you get into it, it's a little easier, but it's very, like, English is my first language. This word does not work in my mouth. Right. Yeah. So, Sahuagin are the fish guys. Um, the They are humanoid people. Fish boys. Fish, fishy boys. With um, the, they have, like, a reptilian hide and features uh, kind of common to fish. Right. Um, you've probably, you've probably seen them. Maybe. Maybe. 
I, I feel like they're well, okay. They're they're also a creature that was kind of like I've always been aware of them because they're also in Final Fantasy. Okay. Um, and as a result of this, I thought that they're that they were maybe originally a mythological creature. Uh, it does not seem to be that way. I believe Sahuagin are a D and D original. Now, granted, oh. there's a lot of potential influence because there's a lot of you know human shaped fish monsters right. in a lot a lot of different cultures like the world over. And the fact that you know, as we'll see, there's also a lot of traits that the uh, Sahuagin have that are. Uh, also amphibious and reptilian. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the there's a lot of inspiration that could have come from a lot of different places. And also, in a lot of iterations, they look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. So, Ooh, you that, know? That's actually like what I was thinking of uh-huh. as I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, yeah, that looks like a Black Lagoon thing right there. Yeah. Um, and in- interestingly, it seems like Final Fantasy kind of lifted them from Dungeons & Dragons, which I think <laughs> that- is- is interesting. Which I think is, is fun. Because I, I assumed that the, the commonality was based on mythology, but I think uh, Final Fantasy just kind of... Well, this is, the I believe, the second time we've heard of Final Fantasy just kind of taking something from Dungeons & Dragons, isn't it? They probably have. I'm starting to wonder if uh, they're I mean, fans of Dungeons & Dragons. I mean, I <laughs> reference Final Fantasy in 90% of our episodes, so, you know, it's hard to... It's hard to remember. And I think that this is true, because um, in some Final... And also, it's spelled different. In Final Fantasy, it's spelled in a way that, pr- that suggests it would be pronounced Sahagen, which mm-hmm. would be a lot easier on my mouth. Um, yeah. But there's uh, subsets of those creatures that are called Sahagan princes that are stronger. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back to that word later. And that's what makes me think that Final Fantasy kind of lifted them from Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm pretty sure they're a D&D original. So uh, Sahagan were introduced in uh, OD&D in the supplement Blackmore, which was published in 1975. Sweet. So, so they've been around for a little while. They've been around since... Damn near the beginning. Yeah. Yep, very, very early. Um, so their their physical description remains pretty similar throughout most of their iterations. Um, there's sometimes small variances in, like, coloration, maximum size. Right. Um, I find that a lot of the uh, Sahuagin kind of around 3rd edition 3.5 look a little more fishy, and some of them look maybe a little more human. Right. The, the, the fish features are stronger. Uh, in in some iterations, but basically, um, they are bipedal humanoids with a thick reptilian hide, large compound eyes that are very sensitive to light, um, leech-like mouths. They are carnivores. Mm-hmm. Uh, limbs ending in sharp claws and a tail similar to an alligator. Okay. Also, they have like webbed feet. Um, they have fins on their forearms they're so, very yeah. good swimmers i'll say very good at swimming and yeah commanding what i'm going to assume is their terrain yes yes, <laughs> yes they are they very much prefer the water um they are usually dark in color uh in shades of green black and gray and the hatchlings are light-colored and darken as they grow they typically grow very quickly um okay. they are in most iterations, reach full size in about one to two months. <laughs> Damn. So, so, like, very quickly. Yeah, fairly close to actual fish. Um, Probably. 
Damn. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and like I said, there's a lot about these guys. They are described primarily as being like Pisine, which is a word that I learned from this, <laughs> which is fish-like. It's a, it's a fun word. Um, it is a fun word. Yeah, right? But I feel like they also kind of have a lot of reptilian and amphibious vibes, too. Right. So, on average, uh, Sahuagan are around six feet tall, but interestingly especially given how quickly they mature, they can essentially grow in perpetuity like reptiles. Because, you know, that's a thing. Like, yeah. A lot of reptiles grow to the size of the cage you keep them in. Mm-hmm. And more or less, if you don't, in most cases, if you don't kill a sahuagin at a particular size, they're just going to keep growing. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And they also are, they live for a very long time. Now, this early on, I believe their lifespan was not explicitly laid out but you know taken from the sea devils which is not going to be a lot of this is not going to be decanonized later they can live for a very long time (laughs) so not not only do they mature very quickly they also live a very long time and they just continuously grow yeah as they live yeah frightening actually for some reason the only thing that comes to my mind is alligators yeah imagine if people did that that's we, horrifying. We right? would actually be giants. Yeah. Possibly. We might we might be giants. Potentially. Be. You have the potential <laughs> to become stupid. a giant. Stupid, stupid. Okay. So uh also Sahuagin are very intelligent. Um, they are typically described as being around as intelligent as most main humanoid races, hmm. but in many instances they're quite a bit more intelligent. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So okay. they're just that. yeah right. There there's a lot about them that that on the surface you would expect to be one way. Like I expected that they would not live very long. Yeah. Um, and I expected that they would maybe be slightly less intelligent. Nope. <laughs> These nope. things are. Whew. Um. Also, as I as I mentioned earlier, they live in the sea. They live in salt water. Right. Um. And. Throughout various incarnations, they have a variable tolerance of both open air and fresh water. So in some instances, it's like a complete Mm no-go. But in a lot of instances, they can be out of the water for like a little while. So there's quite a few inconsistencies at the beginning. Yeah, it it, it kind of feels like they were trying to figure out exactly what these guys were. Yeah, like what they what they wanted them to do exactly. Yeah. Um well here's the fun part bearing in mind that they're very intelligent and grow in perpetuity is that Sahuagin are lawful evil. Typically. Oh boy. Um, yeah. No, that's not quite exactly what I was expecting, but actually know. that's kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Um well, there's a couple of exceptions to this, which, you know, whatever. But largely, they are lawful evil. Um, and in keeping with this, their society is, quote, well, not, that's not what the quote is. Their society <laughs> is one of, quote, sadistic cannibalistic culture, which is taken from Blackmore. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. And so, not expected. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, So they live Mm, in... I'm going to worry about it. Okay, it's fine. Um, They live in underwater communities of various sizes, and they are ruled over... At this point, this is a singular person Mm -hmm. um, that's ruled over by a singular king and nine princes. um, And these uh, people, these ten Sahuagin, were reported to be of a mutation... 
that occurs in at this point one percent of the population where a sahuagin grows forearms. Oh my! What? Yeah. Okay. That's badass, right? So one king, nine princes, um, and it kind of it goes down from that. Like the king lives in a big city, big underwater city made of stone, mm-hmm. and then the these princes rule over essentially provinces, and then there's guys under those princes who rule over individual like towns and villages and things like that right it's sahuagin all the way down (laughs) um but it it is a very structured society lawful evil you might say yes actually lawful evil Mm. um so these rulers can always be challenged by other sahuagin oh my god I'm going to just be like, blah, 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 by the end of this episode. That's how I'm going to say that word. <laughs> um, and a very present theme in their culture is one of weeding out weakness. Oh, who'd have thunk? Yeah, I figured we maybe thought we were going in that direction. Yeah, yeah we were getting there. No, I'm not surprised. Yeah, so in the instances of one of these duels, like, you know. It's a fight to the death and the de- uh, weak man dies. Yeah, and then gets eaten by, oh. his, by his peers. Cannibals, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I should have expected it, but I yeah, didn't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just cannibalistic in some kind of symbolic sense. It's also literally cannibalistic. It's just like, you know, the weakest one died, eat him. Yeah. Um, so, higher like, rank. Hmm? I should have expected it. I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't, but. Um, so, high-ranking Sahuagin are those that are more likely to grow to great size than the average, since, you know, they never stop growing if they're powerful enough that they don't die. They have more resources than everyone else. Exactly. That's when they get really big. So, uh, this is also definitely not going to be a a surprise. They hate all other creatures. (gasps) Shocker. Right? With a a particular hatred for some creatures they share their environment with, such as sea elves and I-X-I-T-X-A-C-H-I-T-L. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those things. Ixies. I'm going to call them Ixies. That's a different thing. Ixies. No, no. No, Ixies are a different thing. Oh, God, they are. Yeah. Um, Okay. So these guys are, uh, I believe, chaotic evil creatures with a love of philosophy who resemble giant manta rays who have a disproportionately high amount of vampires in their species. I don't know what's up with that. They're very interesting and could also be their own episode. But the uh, yeah, okay. the Sahuagin really hate them, too, for some reason. They really okay. hate the sea elves and they really hate these guys. They hate them because they're manta ray vampires. Yes. Which, I don't see what's wrong with that. That sounds like something I would love. Right, that sounds that sounds, to me. that sounds That sounds like Travis's alternate life. Right? Yeah, that's like going to be Travis in the next life. Yes. This is a vampire manta ray. Um, the only exception to this is giant sharks, of which they keep many in their cities for a variety of tasks. They have kind of a... Symbiotic th- relationship? Yeah, they're like they're, you know, not quite pets, but it's like, you know, pets, work animals. Okay, I, 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 I yeah. get what you're, sent, what you're putting down. They kind of they're control like, them, I guess? They're like dogs, you know? How you have like, you know, you have dogs for work, but they're also like your buddy yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Um, and in some uh, instances, they can communicate with sharks using simple commands of one or two words or can control them magically. Oh. So they have a very close bond with sharks. They're a big part of their culture. 
Um, okay. they another big part of their culture is terrorizing ships and coastal towns. Um, <laughs> you know, just a lot of a lot of plundering, a lot of destruction, and the few victims that they sometimes bring back alive to their cities. They're brought to larger cities that have special apparatus to hold captives that breathe air. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Sahuagin. Oh my God, it's already starting. <laughs> Sahuagin cities are, you know, all uh, underground. Uh, they breathe water. Yeah. Um, so the purpose of this is mostly to send those people into gladiatorial arenas where they usually fight sharks while armed only with a small knife. And this is obviously done for entertainment. Beautiful. Right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, these guys are... They're the all, best. Yeah, they're great. They're also a fan of allowing these captives to think that they've escaped, only to be brought back and killed. Oh, my God. <laughs> and eaten. <laughs> these guys suck. Yeah, they fucking suck. All I'm picturing right now is, like, Atlantis. But bad. But bad. Bad, bad Atlantis. Atlantis is not bad. Because it's not real. Isn't it, though? I wish. I hope it is. I really hope. That's one. I really hope it is. (sighs) Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) the the creation of the... Sahuagin. Sahuagin. (laughs) I'm just going to pause and let you say it every time. Is uh, said to date back to a time when the world flooded due to glaciers melting uh, as a result of a struggle between various gods for control of the planet, Mm. um, though some of the details are debated precisely. So some gods uh, sought to create creatures that could survive in these conditions but still retain their intelligence. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's said that the gods of neutrality and law created sea elves and mermen, while well, the gods of chaos created the Sahuagin and the gods of evil sought to turn them into, quote, the most evil of the evil. I think they did a great job. Yeah. They did a pretty damn good job. Because these guys fucking suck. I think they succeeded. Um, I will say, if they're lawful evil, why were they created by the gods of chaos? Um, I feel like that was... Because this was the, their first... This all comes from Blackmore. Okay. So... My my thought is maybe this was an instance where, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be critical of anybody, but I feel like there are some instances, like, in writing for, for D&D where it really does feel like it, it kind of is treated that lawful is closer to good and chaos is closer to evil, that they're more yeah. related. Okay, yeah, and, you're right. And and I will say that this was also the very first appearance of Sahuagin. So I think that the, they the, were still trying to figure it out, you know what right, I mean? That makes sense. I mean evil and chaos do kind of fall hand in hand. So. But so does good in chaos. Yeah. That's the the that's the 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 the, the, the squares. square with squares in it. The 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 squares. The Spectrum there with, you go. with squares, squares, guys. Um, <laughs> and and the note that that I said about them being lawful evil is kind of the overarching. Okay. Which I should I should have specified they're not listed as lawful evil in Blackmore because lawful evil didn't exist at that time. Right. Um. Right. But that's more of a a general. I kind of want to give an overarching picture of these guys for right now because we're going to spend so long in one specific No, you're good. Thing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I've done the same. Yeah, you know how it be. Um, so Sahuagin uh, appear next in Advanced Dungeons & Dragons in the Monster Manual, which was published in 1977. 
um, with some additional details kind of building onto their society. Mm -hmm. So the nine Sahuagin princes uh, each control a province with more delegation going down. This is actually where that element was introduced. Um, And is that this structure is reminiscent of that of the nine hells because the Sahuagin worship devils. Okay. No, no expansion on which devils in particular they worship. They or, just worship devils. Yeah, which I mean, like, who doesn't? <laughs> um, so the religious life of the Sahuagin is headed by the females, some of which are evil clerics with attending assistant priestesses. Nice. So uh, the kings and princes are reported to be of the forearm variety, though this is, I mean, it's, it's literally a mutation. So, yeah. you know, a Sahuagin could be born with that and not advanced to that rank but that mutation has been made less common uh and future uh instances kind of reflect this a little closer so as of the monster manual it is one in 216 which is still too many too many (laughs) too many that that is still a lot yeah like that's like half a percent (laughs) that's not that small of a number so that's like uh, quite Literally, in terms of, like, percentage per population, that's almost like saying every redhead is a king or queen. Yeah, that's like, yeah, I think that's just Hmm. a little bit less than that. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if these Sahuagin have souls. Or if that's (laughs) not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to any natural redheads out there. I'm just saying that because I'm jealous. Um, (laughs) So their origin myth has been adjusted a little bit um, as they are purported to have been created from a nation of evil humans by the gods of lawful evilness uh, in order to preserve them if the world flooded. So kind of similar, but okay. they weren't just... They, they, they were made from a source of bad people. And not just made by bad people. Yeah. Um, Tritons, however, claim that these Sahuagin are related to the sea elves and are spawned from the drow because... Fuck the drow, I guess. Just gonna crap on. Just gonna crap on the drow some more. Everything is the dry, drow's fault. Yes. Drow are evil. Yes. Drow are always evil. No exceptions. <sighs> always. Leave the drow alone. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Sahuagin are included in the monstrous manual, much the same, but with some interesting, <laughs> if somewhat contradictory, notes. Okay. Um. So first off. Well, contradictories may be a little strong. Go, go the, ahead. These are things that definitely were changed later. So first off is the addition that the Sahuagin worship a devil shark, quote, uh, with no elaboration on who this is. Uh, we'll talk about him later. Um, and also a line that states that Sahuagin priests exist. The quote is, Sahuagin priests above level five are very rare. This is then immediately contradicted by the same note before about Sahuagin religious life being controlled by females who are continually referred to only as priestesses, and a lot of them definitely exceed level five. So Beautiful. You know? Cool. Good. Yeah, good. Cool. All right. What's that thing about there being too many cooks in the kitchen? Hey, you know, sometimes you write something down, and then you get up and go to lunch, and, and then someone else comes in. And then someone else comes in to work on that paragraph, and they just... They they actually remembered what was in the last book. <laughs> anyway, I'm, ju- I'm just pointing that out. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. Um, that'll be later. Um, so another interesting note is that Sahuagin are terrified of spellcasters. Interesting. Um, and this is an interesting 
thing because I mean this would fall maybe under the the thing of there just being a change instead mm-hmm. of a contradiction. But in Blackmore and not in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, there were sample numbers for Sahuagin magic users, basically given for example encounters, example cities, that kind of thing. Yeah. This, these were not in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, but also this note about them being scared of magic was also not in there either. So, um, Sahuagin always direct their strongest attacks towards spellcasters first and suffer disadvantages to rolls and additional damage from fire-based magic. Um, they do not like magic. <laughs> Another addition is the theory that Sahuagin came from a group of degenerate humans living on the coastline whose evil natures eventually caused them to, quote, devolve into fish people. I feel like they're the opposite of devolving. I know, because, yeah. like... <laughs> like, because, warning, we're about to get into that uh, accessory book I mentioned earlier, and basically it talks a lot about how Swagen are... Swagen? Swagen. 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 are basically better than a lot of other races. I mean, they already sound like they're better, so... Yeah, like... Yeah, so I don't. I wouldn't say that they devolved. That <laughs> Not just, even a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe they're, you know, I mean they're they're assholes, but you know, I wouldn't say that's a de-evolution. They're very strong and smart assholes. So y- yeah. Anyway, so we're going to jump into this uh, extremely chef's kiss <laughs> accessory or dive in. <laughs> After we take a break. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah, I was really leading up to that. It's our first one in a little while, so I really wanted the the rising to... Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm sorry. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out our episode about Sahuagin. We're yeah. back. It's been so long. I know. It, it feels so good, though. And we have exciting news, though. Such exciting news. Oh, God, news. we do. We do. Oh, I can't believe it, guys. It's happening. We have uh, started an affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games. Uh, <laughs> they actually emailed us during the uh, the quarantine down times. Yeah, <laughs> during the down times, and uh, we talked it through. And yeah, turns out a lot we of have hard our negotiations. first affiliate uh, <laughs> sponsor or well, a partnership. There, yeah. So uh, you can check out their website. They sell a lot of cool dice uh, and also other tabletop accessories like dice trays. Yeah. And you can use our code. We have a code, guys! I can't believe it. Um, You can use the code Dungeonpedia uh, for 10% off your entire order. Uh, That is spelled D-U-N-G-E-O-N-P-E-D-I-A. And I I actually, uh, after uh, they reached out to us initially... Uh, I went and ordered something uh, from the website because I don't have enough dice. I don't care what anyone <laughs> tells me. Um, and I did film a... I, <laughs> I tried to film uh, a little thing that I was going to post. Uh, I might still post it. I might I might work it out. It didn't exactly turn out how I wanted, but I did film a little miniature unboxing of that. And... Uh, I was very impressed with everything. The ordering process was really efficient and convenient. You can use Google Pay. And I thought the dice were beautiful. And I bought them 100% with my own money. Uh, I was not sent them. 
and I really liked them. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to I'm going to buy more. Lewin showed pictures. They are beautiful yeah. dice. And, and trust us, if any of us here have a say in what dice are good, it would be Lewin because she has the they, most. Have, and she is picky. I have a problem. She is also picky. That is true. I yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. Anyway, um, I just wanted to throw it out there. I, m- I might post that video. Um, Tweet us if you m- want to make Lou and post it. <laughs> just pressure me. Force in. her to post it. Yeah, but I-, I was very impressed with everything, and that is my that's my feelings about that. One hundred percent my own after spending my own money. So and uh, <laughs> I mean, we have a code, guys. We have a code. You gotta just check out their website. It's the metallicdicegames.com. It's they have a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, dice obviously, but obviously dice. Yeah. They have a lot of cool stuff. They yeah. have dice bags, they have dice towers. Yeah, the little roller thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. they they even have like oversized dice, which so cool. I actually we had a friend a few years ago who used an oversized dice. I didn't realize this until after this. The fact used an oversized dice, uh, two of them, and a little a regular sized dice for their baby announcement. Oh, that's oh, that's right. so. Oh, that's such a fun idea. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my goodness. But yeah, go check out metallicdicegames.com. If you find something you want, use our code. You can get the ten percent off. Yeah, it'll be fantastic for everybody. For everybody. Really for everybody. Yeah, which I mean, if you don't know a lot about how affiliate partnerships work, we do get a kickback from that. I just want to make that entirely yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, be transparent with that. Yeah. yeah. So if you hate us and don't want us to make money, don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, we do still have our Patreon. If you'd like to support us directly there, just search it, Dungeonpedia. You'll find it. It's there. Yeah. Read our notes. <laughs> with things coming down a little bit, we are working to get back into posting our actual play podcast, Projectile Dysfunction, and we will have future updates on Twitter at ProjectileCast. It, it's been a whole thing, and we're really sorry for all of the uh, lack of communication and the lack of knowing what's happening with it. But we promise as soon as it's safe, it's coming back. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, everything's kind of starting to level out for us personally. Yeah. Also true. Um, but don't forget to follow us here at Dungeonpedia on our Twitter and Instagrams. Instagrams? There's multiple, apparently. Evidently. <laughs> yeah, we uh, have a Finsta. Twitter and Instagram, which is just at Dungeonpedia. Find us. You'll recognize us. Trust me. If you have any suggestions about topics for us to cover, email us at dungeonpedia.podcast.gmail.com. Yeah. We also accept feedback and general conversation. Yeah, yes. anything. I I know some of you might feel like you want to talk to somebody right now, and we're we're here for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on any platform to get notifications when our when our episodes go up, which will be handy for projectile dysfunction, but also <laughs> handy for this. Yeah. Um, and you can always rate us and review us. We really appreciate it. We we so do. Yeah. And most importantly, spread the word. Yeah. Yeah, tell, tell your friends. Ask them, hey, do you want to know what a Sahuagin is? And they, they'll be like, what the fuck is... you just have a stroke? <laughs> <sighs> um, thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. And with all of that, let's jump back into it. Yeah. Yes, back to the Sahuagin. Yes. You did it! You did it! Yes! Yay! Success! All right, yes, you've talked so much and, like, about hyped, this you've hyped it up. I need it. About this book, yeah. Yeah, we need more of the 
Sahuagen. Yeah, that. that. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> the, it's Sahuagen. Sahuagen. It doesn't feel good in the, the mouth. The fish people. The, the, the feeple. Damn fishy boys. Feeple. So um, this was the book that was specifically mentioned by uh, Angus Kirk. Thank you. Because this is this is so chef's kiss. Um, so the book is called Monstrous Arcana, The Sea Devils, and it is in... Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it is an Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd edition uh, accessory that was published in 1997 and is wholly dedicated to the Sahuagin. Damn. If I remember correctly, it's like 60 or 80 pages long with, oh. uh, with very small print. <laughs> so there's a lot in here. So... There, there is enough information about Sahuagin in this book to literally cover a whole episode. I would love to do a dramatic reading of this book one day. <laughs> um, so I'm going to kind of like summarize what I've cherry picked to be the most interesting and salient points um, that that I feel like kind of shine a good light on. Well, these guys cannot ever be shown in a good light because they fucking suck, but. You know, uh, about them as a people. On the, uh, the facts. The facts. On the facts, yeah. The facts. Um, so, also, this is one of those books where the the um, conceit of it is that it was written by a person in universe. Oh, I love them. Who was, like, studying oh, the Sahuagin. So I this love is, them yeah. so much. So it's, like, every, every part of the main body of the text is from the perspective of this author. And then all of the... Um, like numbers and gameplay notes are in like separate sections. Oh my god! Like in They're the margins. Like, oh, <laughs> oh yes. I know it's it's excellent. I would I would credit everyone who like was involved in this, but that's a whole laundry list of people. But it's fucking choice. So the origin myths of the Slahuagan, as um, purported in the Sea Devils, is one the belief of the Slahuagan themselves, which is that their patron deity Sakola. Uh, who often takes the form of a shark, discovered a shell in an abyss at the bottom of the ocean. Um, he just he came upon this abyss uh, after a great hunt, mm-hmm. and the shell came from it, and from that shell came a bunch of baby Sahuagin. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, which, you know, that still doesn't exactly say where they came from, because no. Sokola didn't create them. Right. They just came from a shell in the bottom of the ocean. Oh, it's like Venus, but uglier. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because yeah, these guys aren't pretty. Hmm. They Like, they look cool, but they're not... They really you know. are not pretty. I, yeah. I will yeah. agree to that. They're just not. Yeah. Um. So, the author of the book... You know, discuss is discussing theories um, outside of the Sahuagin origin myth, um, and she notes the similarities between uh, Sahuagin and humanoid physiology, particularly mm-hmm. like the the larynx was yeah. focused on a lot. Hmm. Um, no, this book gets that detailed. <laughs> I, I that that sounds perfect. Actually, I, I know it's so great. It's so good. So. She notes the similarities between Sahuagin and humanoid physiology, and also the lack of clearly recorded history about how the Sahuagin came to be. And from these factors, posits that there is a common ancestor, but not close relationship between the Sahuagin and the sea elves, and that the Sahuagin likely evolved from humanoids who lived coastally and made their living from the sea. But as is often in D&D, the details remain unclear. <laughs> Yeah, well. So a few theories and no direct answer. Yes. 
which, uh, you know, that, 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 that's all right to me in this case. Yeah, I mean, like... I, because I feel like they, they, they did something. Yeah, I mean, like, they did something with the lore. They didn't just say, we don't know, LOL. Yeah, it's shrouded in mystery. Because this this feels like a real thing that people like, would be yeah. figuring out about, like, you know, animals. And populations of humans. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it feels real. I'm completely okay with it. I know, I'm... I'm like I'm so <laughs> I'm th- this book is is so fucking choice. Like go go check it out cuz I'm I'm summarizing a lot, <laughs> but it's it's definitely worth the read. Um so Sokola, who I mentioned earlier, is the Sahuagin god and he rules over <clears throat> Sherushk which Shirushk, is Sherushk yep. which is a section of Stygia, which is a level of Bator. Okay. Yeah, so he's in he's in hell. Um, Yay. Yeah. Um, so he is vicious and brutal and terrible. Um, and while he does give the Sahuagin priestesses their magic, he gives his worshippers little else because both he and the Sahuagin have a lot of value placed on the concept of self-sufficiency. So he doesn't take care of their problems for them. Oh. But they're both kind of, you know. They're, they're down with it. Yeah, they, they feel good about that. Um, but what he does do is sometimes travels the oceans of the Prime as one of his avatars, and the Sahuagin who witness him will follow him tirelessly on what's called a wild hunt. Hmm. So basically, they swim around the ocean, they don't tire, they have infinite stamina, and they just go kill big dangerous sea creatures like krakens and sperm whales and shit. That's I don't know if it's specifically nice. sperm whales, but, you know, big, big things. Um... So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So he just kind of, he gives the priestesses their magic. He comes down to the prime and party, or I guess up to the prime and party sometimes. But other than that, he's just kind of like, eh, you guys do whatever. It's whatever. It's fine. So um, I mentioned earlier about the Sahuagin growth in perpetuity. Yeah. So per the sea devils, Sahuagin can also basically age in perpetuity. Oh. So the the only factors that really limit this are some choices in life and also, like, if you get killed. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, So King... Okay, this is something that was a little unclear to me in the book. It seems as though the classification of King Sahuagin is more, like, of a classification Mm -hmm. than just the Sahuagin King. I may be wrong about that, but um, the Sahuagin King's are over 600 years old and over nine feet tall. Oh, my. And Jesus. It, right. And at this point, their growth does slow to be almost unnoticeable. Okay. But they don't, you know, this isn't like where they die. Right. Um, and they they retain their vigor all throughout life. So even like a Sahuagin that's old as balls is going to be as physically apt as a younger one. Yeah. If not more so. The, the exception to this kind of thing is for uh, female Sahuagin, if they choose to, like, breed, uh, they max out at about 200 years because it's very stressful on the body. Fair. And also that's still a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't plan on breeding and I'm not going to live for 200 years, so... Right, that still seems just like a long that's time. That's a really long time. Especially for creatures who mature as quickly as they do. Yeah, that's so, a long 
ass life, honestly. Yeah. And female Sahuagin who become priestesses, which priestesses do not breed in their culture, can live longer. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of the 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 alternate path there. Mm. Um so what like we were talking about earlier that Sahuagin are better than everybody else. <laughs> um Sahu- Sa- oh my god. I Sahuagin. I can't say this. Sahuagin. Like I try to just say it, but I have to like slow down before I do. Sahuagin have better senses of sight, hearing, and smell than humans. There's seems all right. Yeah. And there's like charts with very specific like <laughs> clear day, cloudy day, uh, you know, this and that. You know, all this. But the the takeaway is that they have those senses are all better than those of humans. They have a comparable sense of taste and a less keen sense of touch due to having claws and thick hides. Makes sense. It makes sense. (laughs) They are, on the whole, more intelligent than humans. Uh, They have a very powerful sense of memory that transcends the individual. They have a kind of racial memory. Oh. They have... Better processing powers <laughs> and also a better ability to control their emotions. Because believe it or not, these guys do have emotions. What? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Right. But they're, they're, and their processing powers are thus that under normal circumstances, if they're underwater, they cannot become disoriented. God damn. Yeah. They're, these guys are killing machines. They're just all around better. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, you know, I wish I was a fish person. Um, a a theme in Sahuagin culture is kind of, like, around the importance of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, a notable ritual of the Sahuagin is the deep song, which is a method to send messages across many miles to other Sahuagin communities, kind of like a whale song. And a group of Sahuagin, directed by a priestess and a male of sufficient rank, will prepare for this song with 12 hours of rest before performing a song that afterwards leaves them exhausted. Mhm. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a ritual. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's a long ritual. Yeah. Yeah. Um so a this is a, the highest level which this, there's charts for everything in this book. <laughs> this book is so cool. Um a deep song conducted by a king and royal high priestess, which is essentially the highest uh, rank of a female mm. <laughs> um and one of uh these perfor- requires 500 participants and can travel for over 1500 miles damn, damn. yeah so it's a it's a whole thing it is an entire thing yes a whole ass thing i mean it's kind of cool though it really is no i mean like it's it's pretty fucking yeah. cool it's just like Damn. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. insane. And like, I don't know. They just they don't look like the musically inclined sort. So it, it's it's interesting that that's the thing that they went with. Yeah. Yeah, but the thought of them actually kind of horrifying. Like, it probably doesn't sound very good. I don't know. If they have instruments that are like for underwater. You know, I don't. I don't think they do. I think they just sing. Huh. I mean, that it could still sound pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we probably couldn't even hear it. Like, our ears probably wouldn't. Or maybe it would be like, uh, well, <gasps> it's the bloop. The bloop it's is the bloop. The bloop is Sahuagin, guys. Just go- if you don't know what we're talking about, if you are in a safe place to do so, just Google get out. the bloop. If you don't know what we're talking about, get out. I am about to Google the bloop. I don't know what the hell that is. But yeah, the bloop is Sahuagin confirmed. Um, that would actually make me want to stay out of the ocean. I love the ocean. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Um, so... 
uh, going back earlier, we talked about the mutated Sahuagin. Um, one in 216 Sahuagin are born with four arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of has different consequences um, depending on the individual. So breeding female Sahuagin who have four arms more or less assimilate into society pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but male and priestess Sahuagin with four arms, it's kind of this weird thing where like people treat them better but worse because they essentially have a target on their back. Because okay. th- this lends to them having increased physical prowess. It's literally essentially more arms, more claws, equals stronger. Which means people want to take you out yeah. more often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but they'll be nice to your face because you might be... Yeah, you might be their boss one day. Yeah. So uh, a lot of higher ranking Sahuagin seek to eliminate those that, you know, with forearms that they perceive as potential rivals before they become a problem. So it's the kind of thing where where that's a problem for them, but if they can overcome this, they can reap the benefits of their physicality to advance faster than a normal Sahuagin. Okay. So it is it is very interesting because it's kind of like it's better and worse for them. Yeah, because they have the more prowess, but mm-hmm. they have a likelihood of being a assassinated like, yeah. early on in their life. And- exactly. So a variation... On the Sahuagin that was introduced, in, I think they were introduced in this. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, but they are the, they're called the Malenti, and this is a weird one. The Malenti are a variety of Sahuagin that if a Sahuagin community is close enough to a sea elf community, then one in 100 Sahuagin will be born, com- like, just looking like a regular sea elf. Huh. So they essentially just have a, a sea elf baby. Well, it's not quite. They look like sea elves, but as far as stats go, they're much Bird. more similar to Sahuagin. And this is a weird thing for them culturally because their numbers are controlled because most of the time if a Malenti offspring is born, they either eat it or feed it to the sharks. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, but every now and again, depending on the numbers in the community and what have you, they are allowed to grow up and they are indoctrinated into becoming spies that are then yes. s- sent to infiltrate sea elf communities. Hell yes. So es- essentially, <laughs> sometimes they just randomly have a sea elf baby, <laughs> which is hmm. weird. And if they do, the likelihood is that sea elf baby is going to be eaten. Yeah. And, and if it's not, then it, it is indoctrinated into becoming a spy. Which, like, I would take. I mean... If your options are death or spy, for sure. I mean, uh, the the word indoctrination was not my word. <laughs> it was the text word. So their their upbringing is not a happy one. But granted, the upbringing of any Sahuagin is not very happy, so... No. Yeah, that's true. Which we'll talk about later. Uh, so earlier, I mentioned that Sahuagin, in many iterations, can function on land. Mm-hmm. Um, they live in salt water and find fresh water distasteful. But the the comparison was like if you dumped like a bucket of fresh water on a Sahuagin, they would react as though like you dumped a bucket of dirty water onto a human. So like they just think it's kind of gross. Okay. They'd be upset, but yeah. It doesn't like kill them. Yeah. So a Sahuagin can extract oxygen uh from the air uh through their gills as long as they're wet. So after about four hours, 
they dry out enough for a Sahuagin to begin to asphyxiate on a failed save against poison. Hmm. That's kind of the metric that's used. That's really cool. Yeah, so they can function. So yeah, now they now they can come out of the ocean too. <laughs> they can come out. Now of the you're ocean safe nowhere for yeah. four hours unless they like wet their gills constantly. I guess. Yeah, and and later I believe this is replaced with like a base, and then like plus another hour per two constitution points or something like that. You know, I gotta admit, I'm kind of surprised that the people that have an apparatus for air breathers don't have an apparatus for them to go up on the land. Right? Huh. They should talk to Sokola about that. Yeah, like, there's just, now. like, you know, bend a bubble around this. This is an avatar. <laughs> this is not avatar. <laughs> this is not avatar. Just like a little water bubble on their head. Just heads. need a water bubble helmet. Just keep a priestess with you and just have her conjure water. <laughs> just like. <laughs> There's like a camp of Sahuagin just like hanging around, and one of them just like casts create water and just dumps water on the other one so their gills rehydrate. Perfect. That's funny. I love it. <laughs> um, so this uh, material kind of adapts the Sahuagin are afraid of magic thing in that Sahuagin are not truly afraid of magic. Like they have an appreciation for the magic that's used by their priestesses because it's a gift from their god. Right. Um, but the the thing with it is that while the Sahuagin have a great respect for their natural environment, they view it as something that is predictable and easy to understand. But uh, magic is not. Okay. Magic is is supernatural and, you know, random. Understanding it is difficult and Exactly. And they also recognize that it is dangerous. Okay. Which is why they still target spellcasters first, because they recognize the danger, but they're not really scared of magic. They just... They're just, like, uncomfortable with it. Yeah. It's unknown and... Yeah. Unfamiliar. Yeah, it's not easy to understand. So, the the kind of prominent beliefs that govern Sahuagin society, these are all quotes from the book, and these were the listed... The, the, <laughs> the good The good book, book of the Sea Devils. Um, and these were listed in the order of their importance to the Sahuagin. Okay. And that is, self-sufficiency and obedience are the greatest qualities. Sounds about right. There's a place for everyone, and everyone should remain in his place. Yep, sounds about right. <laughs> Success equals virtue. Okay. Yep. Only the inadequate fail. <laughs> God, just driving that one home, huh? Mm-hmm. Meat is meat. It sure is. I mean, the, meat the, is meat, eat whatever. The the explanation for that one is actually kind of cool. Oh. Um, it's okay. it's deeper than that. Um, and the final one is truth is what Sahuagin remember. <laughs> They're a little full of themselves. A little bit. Um hmm. so the the core of the Sahuagin culture is a strong emphasis on the improvement of their collective society. And they do believe themselves to be above all other races, but it's weird. They're not really, f- they're not really full of themselves about it because they consider it to be such a universal truth that they don't. <laughs> they are what the drow wish they could be. <laughs> don't, don't pick on the drow. I'm, I'm sorry. I love the drow, but drow society fucking sucks. Oh no, it does. I was like, she has a point. Which I mean, I guess at that point you would say that they're so full of themselves that they believe it to be such a universal You're, truth that, yes. they, that they don't even talk about it. Um, so despite how chaotic and self-interested the, you know, challenges of superiors and the desire to rise in rank looks from the outside, in their culture, 
it's seen as the right thing to do to challenge a supervisor that you think is behaving improperly. Yeah, that you think is incompetent or a contemporary who is incompetent or disrespectful. It's it's seen as the right thing to do for society. It's not a selfish thing. Okay. Can we adopt this? Because again, <laughs> the the weeding out the weak thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could maybe maybe without cannibalism, but I yeah. mean, without the cannibalism, just the just, ability just to <laughs> yeah, the ability to tell your superior what's up if you think that if you think yeah. they're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Also, and be, uh, the word was to get away with it. The word was supposed to be superior, but I definitely accidentally said supervisor. You did. You did. Sorry, not sorry. Anyway. So superior. Yeah. Not supervisor. <laughs> Good lord. Um and the yeah, tell your supervisor. <laughs> oh no. So the the whole meat is meat thing is kind of the 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 way they view things is Sahuagan, which is themselves and their peers, meat, which is food, and enemies. So that kind of governs the, and and also kind of ties into their cannibalism. So you know it's it's the right thing to do to eat your fallen comrade. There's very much that sense of like taking their essence. Okay. Um, and also the sense of like, well, now they're dead. So meat is meat. Don't yeah. be judgy about where it came from. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> they're no longer sahuagin. They're meat. Meat. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and and there's kind of different protocols and different ways they feel about it. If it was maybe a respected superior who died in combat, or you know, if there's someone that they considered a traitor. Um, and the the last point is that the um, the Sahuagin are very intelligent and full of themselves, and they trust their own perceptions and other Sahuagin's perceptions of reality. So. The if a Sahuagin tells another one that they think something has happened or that they think something did happen, mm-hmm. the, the question they ask is, were you there? Not, are you sure you're right? Or, you know, yeah. do you do you only think you saw that or whatever? So they, they more or less believe that they're always right about something as long as they were there to see it. <laughs> so as long as you say, yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was there. Okay, well, cool. Yeah, like, they're they're not going to be like, Pixar didn't happen. And I'm sure that this is obvious, given how I've described them, but they very much believe that might makes right. Yeah. So if they go and raid somewhere, and the raid was successful, then that means that it was the right thing to do. <laughs> you know? Like, it was, it was Providence in a way. Hmm. So... <laughs> The, yeah, that's a the, great outlook there. Yeah. Right, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, I mean, at least they're upfront about it. True. Yeah, that's true. You know? So they, I, I mentioned the, the challenges. They settled their disputes with each other, either with duels, um, other kinds of challenges, such as a race or a hunting competition, or a process that's known as arbitration, arbitration, where a superior essentially kind of comes in as like a console council. <laughs> I can talk. I um, mean, console sounded right to me. I mean, what are words? I forgot how to talk. Um, but basically comes in and decides who's right, you know, in a situation. Um, and this is often done where fighting is less than ideal. 
or they're both in a position where it would be hard for one to have like gain an upper hand against the other. So one example is that, you know, despite their their love of, of challenging each other and weeding out the weak and eating each other, they recognize that it's not a good idea to have like, for example, a young male Sahua going to be put in a position where he could kill a breeding female, even if their ranks are similar. Right. You know what I mean? Okay, so they're at least... They're, they're, they they recognize when maybe killing and eating each other is not the best idea. Right. Which, I mean, I do too. And that <laughs> is never. So, congrats. Killing and eating each other is never right. It's never... It's, not okay. Cannibalism's not okay. Hot takes on Dungeonpedia. <laughs> Cannibalism's not okay. <laughs> oh man. So I mentioned their their up their upbringings. Yeah. Um, for the Malenti, but for normal Sahuagan, the well, okay, females who breed periodically release eggs like chickens. And yeah, I don't know a lot about fish fish breeding. I really don't. Um, I know that eggs are. Some like fertilized outside of the body in most cases. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know a lot about the details. I am not an an ichthyologist um, or ichthyology enthusiast. So you know these eggs are released, and after being fertilized, the sahuagan eggs are sealed inside closed incubators. Um, their first meal is cannibalistic, with the only food available to them after hatching being either weaker hatchlings and unhatched eggs. Oh, boy. So they're given that taste as soon as they're born, which is great. And at some point in this process, an adult opens the incubator and drops a fish inside and then closes it, um, which forces the young to fight over the fish. <laughs> and also probably still continue to eat each other. Probably. Because um, they're weeding out the weak. Exactly. So after the incubator is fully opened, which this 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 whole process is managed by priestesses and like higher ranking uh, older like breeding, breeding females. females. Yeah. Which is interesting because in their society they have essentially developed three genders out of two sexes, but you know... I mean, that's how I interpreted it. They're like bees. Um, well, they just got a lot of interesting animal influences that I'm yeah. picking up on. They're like bees. So after the incubator is fully opened, um, any defective hatchlings are fed to sharks or eaten. Um, and the rest are forced to undergo a variety of like educational procedures, cultural indoctrination, and like physically dangerous tests. <laughs> So after six months of this, they are fully grown, which I believe they're actually technically fully grown in six weeks, but they undergo this process for six months and are given names in a public ceremony and then are shuffled off to new mentors who train them for another six months before they're full-fledged adults who kind of enter the same ranking process as other Sahuagan. Oh, so they don't. Okay. They don't have names for the first six months of their lives, and they don't really have a like childhood family. Uh, oh setting. no, mm-hmm. like it's very it's very um like public. It literally mm-hmm. takes a village. Yeah, it takes a village to raise a murderous fish person. <laughs> oh, um, and this would be the point where like uh like female Sahuagan who have like an aptitude for it, that would be the point where they would go off with priestesses for that kind of thing. Right. So, which now we're going to talk about priestesses. 
because um, I think priestesses are very, they fill a very interesting role in Sahuagin society. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's kind of the thing in almost any society, really. Yeah, the the a lot of the time the religious organization is very interesting. Yeah. Also, I mentioned the ranks. I got to be honest, the ranks for male Sahuagin are not especially interesting. <laughs> it's it's essentially, you, you, you move up in, you know, you're a chieftain, you have a band of warriors, you know, you are a baron, you have a city, you are a prince, you have a bunch of cities, and then you're a king. And you have everything. And you have everything, and a lot of concubines. And this is also very much a, um, like, archon type thing, where it's like, for every chieftain, there's this many, and then for oh, every God. baron, there's this many guards, and it's it's a whole, yeah. it's a whole thing. I, I really do not think... In terms of Dungeonpedia, that we will go over the numbers that in depth ever again. <laughs> it's not. Ugh. It's not necessary. It's not good content, especially in this instance. It's not necessary. All you need to know is that there's that. That's a factor. So, uh, female Sahuagin <laughs> who. That's not nice. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure they have very nice personalities, but. Um, so female Sahuagin of notable intelligence can try to become priestesses, operative word being try. Um, and sometimes whole generations can pass before a suitable candidate is found. Damn. Yeah. So after being trained by priestesses or sometimes senior females, depending on the population of that area, an aspirant uh, priestess must find a... She has to go off and find a toxic sea cucumber, which is a task in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and present it to her mentors. And if it's acceptable, she then eats it. And if she survives the poison, emerges as a priestess and is granted her magical powers by Sokola. God damn. Is she allowed, like... A barf bucket? No. Anti-poison? No. Measure. She no. just has to survive it she, based she, on her own yeah, body. Yeah, exactly. It's. Oh it, I very much imagine a. Wow, this is a reference, but like a uh, an underwater Daenerys Targaryen eating the horse heart. Oh my god! Because that's the whole thing. Is like you can't puke it back up. Yeah. Except this can also literally kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I imagine the the ceremony is very is very cool. They like ceremonies, which they, is they do seem to enjoy ceremonies, which I can appreciate. I appreciate a good ceremony, um, especially when someone might die. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Um, so females are essentially no different from breeding females until they reach around age 20. Um, at this point, the lack of breeding, I assume there's a lack of stimulation of certain. <laughs> I don't I don't mean that. In the, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? There's no real good way to phrase that. No, there's no good way to phrase it. I've said the word breed way too many times. I hate it. So uh, th not breeding basically causes their egg cycles to become erratic. Mm -hmm. um, and also the lack of stress that breeding puts on their bodies allows them to live for much longer than if they right. had babies. So priestesses develop yellow spots on their tail that eventually overtake their whole body and a lot of high-ranking priestesses have entirely yellow bodies with very distinctive black markings. That's so cool. I know, right? That is pretty that cool. That is pretty. They look they there's a really good it was all it was all broken up in the back, but there's like a big poster, I think, in the back of it that's like a size comparison nice. between the different types of Sahuagin and also like some, some like common sea creatures. Mm -hmm. 
choice. Like, they're not pretty, but they look really cool, you know? Yeah. So, Sawhog and Priestesses have access to the War Protection, Divination, Combat, and Reversed Healing Spheres with minor access to those of Animal, Charm, Guardian, and Necromancy. Sweet. Sahuag and Necromancer. That's scary. Yeah. I just thought about that. Hmm. Um, and they have access to a couple of unique spells, which uh, one of which is Gloom, which clouds and darkens the water in a specific area. Nice. Merc, which is a more powerful version of Gloom, and Crush of the Depths, which oh, exponentially create, uh, increases the water pressure in a specific area. <laughs> I which is pretty fuck- love it. Which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I gotta be honest, if I was a Sahuagan, like, I probably won't be a priestess. It's also worth noting that the priestess hierarchy is subjected to the same shit as the hierarchy for males. Like, priestesses just fight each other. Damn it. They're like, hey, I want to rise in the rank, and they just fucking fight their mentors. <laughs> so it's the same very physical, aggressive, you know, Just with yeah. divine powers. Just, yeah. <laughs> just they also have magic. Hmm. I mean, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, it's kind of fucking great. <laughs> I think I'm better than you. Hey, I'm I th- fight. Hey, I think I'm better than you. Give me your job. <laughs> and then you just fucking I mean, they don't they it's not always like murder. You know, sometimes it's like a competition. Right. But a lot of the time it's murder. Well, it's it's often murder. I mean, it's often murder. There's there's often murder. So, that's the end of our trek in Sea Devils. Um, <laughs> and I got to be honest, everything henceforth I'm going to kind of breeze through for the purposes of time and also because a lot of what is is presented in future uh, iterations does not directly decanonize Sea Devils. Okay. So Sahuagan are in 3rd edition and 3.5 in each of their main monster manuals, which are respectively published in 2000 and 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, And their description of their character and society is essentially a simplified version of what was in Sea Devils. Right. Um, Included are the four-armed variants as well as the Malenti. Um, They are also described as always lawful evil in 3rd edition, and usually lawful evil in 3.5. Uh, male Sahuagan favor the ranger class, and females favor the cleric class. Sahuagan uh, speak their own language, and due to their high intelligence, usually speak two other languages, typically common and Aquan. Um, okay. Aquan. So that, they're there. Fourth edition! Um, I don't have time to get mad about this, but I did get mad about this when I read this. Okay. Um, they appear in the fourth edition Monster Manual, which was published in 2008. So at least f- something appeared in core fourth edition I- immediately. Which is nice. Which is nice. But um, notes about yep. their society are... <laughs> you, just, you just said, yep. yep you already yep. know how it's going to go. So notes about their society are massively simplified and pared down even compared to the simplification between the Sea Devils and 3rd Edition. Like, there's not a lot here. Um, So, despite the two paragraphs of lore that the 4th Edition Monster Manual likes to give anything, uh, despite these two paragraphs describing their society as strict and hierarchical, their alignment has been changed to chaotic evil. Of course it has. Where?! Where? Where is the chaos? Where? There is none. Variants of guard, priest, raider, and baron are included, but none of them are very interesting. Fifth edition. (gasps) 
So the <laughs> Sawhogan appear most recently in the fifth edition Monster Manual, which was published in 2014. Mm, sure. I think I forgot to write that one down. I was I was coming off of being so mad about fourth edition. <laughs> I didn't even add my little thing that I because I always want to know when these things. Are yeah, published. yeah. Um, they are again lawful evil. Thank God. And the Malenti have also returned. Also cool. Yes. Uh, it seems as though fifth edition has kind of changed it around to where. All of the Sahuagan mutants born with four arms are called Sahuagan Baron. Okay. So it's like instead of a, a rank you achieve in society, that's yeah, kind you of have just to be born into it. That's just yeah, that's just kind of what the four armed Sahuagan are called now. Um, also returning is the stipulation that all Sahuagan priests are female, not mentioned in fourth edition. Um, so while I do appreciate some of the reestablishment of the lore that was present in earlier editions that I thought made the Sahuagan really interesting and was largely stripped from four from fourth edition. I would say that this iteration is still a little, a little bare bones. Um, and not to hate on fifth edition. I love fifth. Edition, no, I do too. But that's kind of typical for fifth edition. It's a yeah. little bare bones. Right. Yeah. So some it, of it definitely is. You also have them still constantly releasing. Exactly. Different yeah. Different things that are slowly expanding on. Exactly. So, bits. you know, they could release the sea devils two tomorrow. And Lewin would be a very happy. <laughs> I would be like, all right. <laughs> Which, uh, also 2008 is the monster manual for fifth edition. Really? Cause it's the monster manual for fourth edition. I thought, uh, nope. This says 2008. Huh, well. I wonder if that's wrong. That doesn't sound right. Um, anyway, also what I was going to say is that none of the information present in the 5th edition Monster Manual for Sahuagan really decanonizes or contradicts that much in, in Sea Devils. Yeah. So I would encourage any DMs who want to use Sahuagan in their campaigns to go back and look at that and maybe take some pages out of that book. Yeah. Because, like, man, that book is detailed. Like the the anatomical drawings and the like, ugh, it's so chef's kiss. So that's a uh, that's where we're gonna end off today. <laughs> is um, the chef's kiss is okay? The, the chef's kiss. Real quick, um, okay. So the Wikipedia page on that's on the the very front of Google is showing the wrong publication. Fifth, yeah, I was uh, just thinking. Yeah. Uh, the fifth edition Monster Manual came out September 30th, 2014. Yeah, I was like, yes. as soon as you said that, I was like, wait, no, I think you're right. This is could you, very wrong. Could you imagine if they released both of them at the same time? Oh, no. <laughs> like, if it was like the, the olden days before the, the internet... Where, like, they kind of were releasing... Everything. For, yeah, for earlier editions at the same time as newer ones, because people still played them. Except the difference would be people would look at 4th and 5th edition at the same time and be like... Fuck this. This one thing's way better. Why would we play this other one? <laughs> um, sorry, it was just at the coast, but, like... Sorry. 4th edition just... It just didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, we don't... We don't... We don't have time. Yeah. We don't have time to talk about that. We have at length. <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you to Angus Kirk for suggesting this. I had no idea. Yeah, that, me neither. That there was so much depth to these these creatures. I didn't hey. know these creatures existed. Oh my god, I oh, actually wasn't even trying for nice. that one. Hey. Hey. hey, hey, and also for by introducing me to the Sea Devils book, I've also been introduced to the monstrous Arcana in general. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what other. 
creatures that have books like these for. Stay tuned for Lewin's dramatic reading of all the monstrous arcana. Yeah. If it wouldn't get me in trouble, I'd put that up in Gianna. <laughs> like uh. a dramatic reading tier, but I would get in trouble. But anyway, yeah, I know I already said thank you, but thank you, Angus. I really, really enjoyed researching these guys. Uh, if you have something to suggest as a topic, just like Angus did, feel free to email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us, you know, on all of our various social media platforms. Tell your friends. We'd appreciate that. Any friends who like fish people. <laughs> um, also, don't forget to uh, go check out that uh, website in our ad break for Metal Dice yes. Games and get you some uh, cool merch. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not merch. It's not well, armor. It's not armor. It's not Get our yourself merch. some cool Dungeons & Dragons accessories. There we yes. go. That's better. Thank you once again for listening, and we will catch you next week, right here on Dungeonpedia. Swahagan. The Swahagan Coast. That, you know, that's what it is. My mouth wants to say Swahili. That's what it is. Swahili. Swahagan. Huh. It, it, Swahagan. The Swahagan it, it, Coast. It's okay, you guys. Just let it go. <laughs>